The first season of the Haggadah Holiness Series has been sponsored by Mr. Leon Siboni in memory of his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Rachamim and Estrella Siboni, Zichonam Ibracha, and for the Refuah Shalema of Mr. Isaac Benatar. Part 10. Pesach, Matzah, Maror, and Transformation. Rabban Gamliel said, one who doesn't mention three things on Pesach has not fulfilled his obligation. Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. In the Zohar, Parashat Bo, we learn that when we tell the story of Yetziat Mitzrayim, we reveal the mystery of redemption. Heavenly and earthly beings come together to listen to the story, to give thanks to Hashem, and to rejoice. B'nai Israel strengthens their heavenly master through the telling of this story. From this, we learn how important it is to retell the story slowly and deliberately, and not to do so in an apathetic and drowsy manner. By telling the story in a dignified fashion, we express our gratitude to Hashem and show that we are not ungrateful for what He has done for us. We tell the story with the awareness that each telling brings wonders into this mighty exile and brings us closer to a time similar to the original Exodus. One way of telling the story is through symbols. We speak about Matzan Marora Tasedir, yet why do they appear in this particular order? If matzah symbolizes freedom and maror slavery, shouldn't maror be mentioned first and matzah afterwards? The answer can be found in a pasuk in Kohelet, which is translated, In the day of prosperity be joyful, and in the day of adversity consider, Hashem has made the one as well as the other. To the end that man should find nothing but God, but him. If we remembered the sad and tragic days first before the happy day of rejoicing, it would cast a dark pall over the happy days. Therefore, we mention the matzah first, a reminder of Hashem's kindness and love, before we mention maror, the painfulness of slavery and oppression. The story of Yetziat Mitzrayim should be a story about triumph and rejoicing, and not one about agony. Furthermore, these symbols help us aspire towards wholeness. There are four steps towards achieving wholeness. First, one must get rid of that which is ugly and damages the individual. Second, one must then enthusiastically embrace all those things which are life-affirming. Third, one comes to recognize divine providence in, that is present in all things, good or bad. Finally, one comes to understand that even suffering and sorrow are visited upon us from God when good and beneficial intentions. Sorrow and suffering can help a person atone for sin, or it may serve as a test for him. This is what the Torah means when it says, Your offspring shall be strangers in a land not theirs, and they shall be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. In the end, they shall go free with great wealth. Our ancestors acquired these qualities before leaving Egypt, and they did so by performing four mitzvot. They got rid of all chametz, they ate matzah, they offered the Pesach offering, and they ate maror. Removing chametz from their homes was, a, was symbolic of removing that which is ugly, and damaging from the rest, from the life of the individual. Chamet, or leaven, is referred to as leaven in the soul, or the yetzerhara, the evil inclination. Matzah, on the other hand, is made through a quick baking process. It symbolizes the enthusiasm and quickness which we embrace, that which is life-affirming and serving God. The Pesach offering symbolizes divine providence, since God passed over the Israelite houses but struck the Egyptian homes. And finally, Maror is the bitterness of slavery. We can now see it as part of the divine plan in light of all the other insights we have gained. When we tell the story through these symbolic actions, we are not simply recalling a historic event that happened long ago, but speaking about the process of self-perfection and striving towards human wholeness. By going through these steps, we experience a divine spirituality. We cannot experience redemption until we go through this fourfold process of transformation.
And these four mitzvot apply not only to Pesach, but to all the Jewish holidays. These are the steps which brought us to Har Sinai and led us to the celebration of Shavuot. They open the gates of heaven for us. We are not speaking about real chametz when we talk about removing chametz from our homes, but the beginning of the process of transformation. And now we kind of understand the answer the Haggadah gives to the wise child. When the wise son asks, what do these statutes, testimonies, and judgments mean? He's really asking why is it necessary to have so many commandments to commemorate Yetziat Mitzrayim. If the point is simply to remember a particular event in history, then one mitzvah would have been enough to remind us of Yetziat Mitzrayim. The many mitzvot are meant to make us aware of this fourfold process, this process of growth, which is an ongoing process from generation to generation. We then answer him by saying that we should not eat after the afikomen, since the process can change, the process of change never ends and always leads us directly to Har Sinai. The taste of matzah must always be in our mouth. The wonders that happened long ago also continue even today. That is why Pesach is referred to as a day of vigil for all of B'nai Israel throughout the generations. The transformation did not just take place at that time and in that place, but Bekol Dor Vador in every generation. It's not enough then just to perform these acts one must explain their connection to his family, generation after generation. This concludes the first season of the Haggadah Holiness series on the Finding Holiness podcast. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon. Have a Chag Kasher V'Sameach.